Hi, I'm JD. This is Chimera Cast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio, the bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urizidi, the spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Kinnon Belaskis, the shaman. I'm JD. I'm your dungeon master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. last left off the three of you had finished exploring the pit of the dead spider that you had found and then proceeded along your way toward a ravine or a canyon of sorts Mm -hmm. with a waterfall flowing out of a skull-like protrusion on the mountainside the bridge was broken in numerous places and so after fighting the skeletons that were guarding this side of it you decided to make camp for the night It is now the gray-green haze of the morning, which is about as bright as it gets in the vulture lands. And Emilio, you have emerged from the shelter that the three of you made to camp for the night to find a very tall, very lean figure standing wearing a black cloak with hood raised a respectful distance away from your campsite. So I think it's still kind of the earlier morning times. I've probably just gotten up, was going to go take a piss or something like that. So I don't think I'm dressed to the nines, and I don't think I have both of my axes, but I do have my bearded axe with me. I grab that by the handle and shout out across the 20-foot expanse, the respectable distance, as you mentioned. Yeah, they're probably standing over by the remains of the skeletons, the broken pieces of the skeletons. Can I help you? I'm not here to fight you. And they raise their hands in the air. I take my axe into my hand and put it up so they can see it. You'll have to forgive me. This place has not always been so inviting, especially when I run into things on the road. Who are you? What's your business? Ah. And they pull their hood down and it's Navath. What do you need? My tone shifts dramatically. I... And they hesitate. I think you're right. I I don't want to just sit there and watch anymore. I want to come with you. I respect your want to do something, finally. But I'm not sure you're going to be able to coalesce with the group, given what happened back there. That's my worry, anyway. Besides, are you really willing to give up everything for this? There's not much to give up. 
a mud hut, ritual devices that I barely know how to use. It's not about things. It's your life that I'm talking about. I've been thinking about it, what you said. It's better to face it than wait for what's coming anyway, right? He bullshitting me? I'm asking you, JD. Is Navath bullshitting you? Yeah. They seem genuine. They are genuine. I realize you lost a lot, but I don't want you to go making a, a rash decision. You sure about this? If you'll have me along, yes. I'll have you along, of course. It's the others we gotta convince. Come on back. Let's see if we can do some convincing. And I walk back over to the group. Hey, sleepyheads. Uh, what? We had a, a morning visitor. And I gesture to Navath. They still have their hands put out in front of them so you can see that they're not holding anything. They are carrying weapons, obviously, but not brandishing them. You see uh, Urizidi's eyes narrow looking at Navath. I know what you're thinking. Kid seems genuine. Wants to come with us. Why? I open up and give Navath the space to speak. I want to face it rather than waiting. My master's dead. No one else cares about our order. If I'm to protect my people, then this is what I must do. And we all stand a better chance together, right? What do you think, Belaskis? Another pair of hands couldn't hurt. You're not just going to flake out on us, right? I've had experience facing the things here. So you know what to expect? Sometimes, at least, yes. You know what's on the other side of that bridge? Keep traveling that way, and it's... There's a... Well, it's... I guess a church, but it's more of a fortress. There's a cult there. Uh, they worship death. They hospitable, or should we just avoid the thing? I have never dealt with them, but I'm not sure if they'd be hospitable or not. They are zealots. I know that much. Out of character, are they Ozir's boys? Yep, they are a group of... Ozir's religion. Hell yeah. Series of six? Uh, yes, six. Yes. Yeah. Might be worth our time to visit the worshippers of death. I mean, that's what that Cyclops was declaring war on. Maybe they've got some ideas about how this place works. Sounds like it's worth a shot to me. Still looking suspiciously at Navath, Urzidi finally shrugs. Normally, I'm not a fan of democracy, but given the current situation, I suppose. Welcome to the team, Navath. I hope that we're... Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. For what? For fighting with my master against you. It's fine. Kimin brusquely begins walking tenderly toward the bridge. I pat Navath on the shoulder. We've all done bad things. Following someone we trusted. Don't let it uh, get you too worked up. And I, I follow Kim and Belaskis. Urzidi gets up and approaches kind of in the same manner that Melio did. Navath is definitely more hesitant as you approach. Yeah. Double cross us and I'll do to you what I did to your master. 
and then Urzidi just shoulder checks him as he walks past. <laughs> Urzidi's such a bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Navath takes a deep breath after you walk by and collects himself and then follows after. So the four of you head to the edge of this bridge, crunching on the scattered remains of the skeletons. Kim and pointedly crushes one of their skulls like Skull Beach. <laughs> yeah. The four of you approach this tarnished copper, dull gold bridge. As you step onto it, it seems sturdy. You could easily fit two large wagons across this bridge. It's quite wide. And you'll make your way forward until you reach the first gap. The wind is blowing pretty strongly as it funnels down into the river below you where it has carved itself to this ridge. And it's about 10 feet or so. You could maybe jump it, but it would be risky. On the other side, you can see a wagon hanging precariously off of that section of the bridge. You said the, the wagon is hanging. So the wagon clearly, it's not like long enough to, to cross the gap. Right. Still got that rope, ZD. Yes, but didn't it end up getting cut? Yeah. It got cut, but you still had a section of it. Gotcha. If I remember right, only the bottom of it got cut. Oh, but right. It just like there was still most of it left. Yeah, so you lost yeah. like 10 feet, but I don't, whatever. The point of it getting cut was Kim and falling back into the pit. Right. I do. Why? You want to jump? Can't you just move yourself over there? Only when I'm fighting something. Well, I could punch you. <laughs> or does it just not, you know, work like that? Urzidi sighs heavily. <laughs> <sighs> just not in the face. <sighs> Thank goodness. For the record, this is one of my like favorite little tropes of this game is that you have to be fighting to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I think it gets almost broken if I'm not. I agree. It just like if I could just jump all over the place and you couldn't ever make a interesting landscape that you have to engage with. with yeah. No, with no strings attached. What do we have for breakfast or aziti? I mean, probably just like hardtack. We didn't have a fire going or anything, so yeah. I really want you to envision the smell, the taste, and the flavors <laughs> as I punch you as hard as I can in your gut and try and make you puke a little bit. <laughs> See how you hit me? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if JD wants us to roll. Or... I was waiting for you to roll damage. I'm not going to oh, make you sure. roll for this. I'm not going to make you roll damage. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, cool. I do want I you just... to vomit, however. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Urizidi throws up a little bit. You know, we probably haven't had enough to eat or drink for the last few days. And I think he's uh, basically puking up rancid, just like hardtack and dried meat. Spits it at your feet. And yeah, I'm going to try to do my sword magic. Go ahead and roll sword magic. All right. It's a seven. So yeah, I get two hole, and I'm going to immediately spend them to teleport my end of this rope. How tempted are you to just activate your sword magic and attack Melia with it? Oh, Urizidi, incredibly, right? One does not strike the son of the Shah. And also, I think Urizidi, the longer we're here, is starting to see himself as like an individual devoid of that identity, mm -hmm. but like still a spoiled prick. And so I, with every like fiber of his being after all these arguments with Melio and like all that picking, just to like prove to Melio, don't fuck with me, I'm not a kid there's a very strong desire and so i think it's also Urizidi gaining some emotional maturity of like maybe i should remove myself from this situation a little bit teleporting himself to this other side of the bridge 
Kim, and I feel like you do. If you look over at Navath, they have like a confused expression on their face. It's nothing to worry about, but I struggle to actually explain it. Oh, okay. And then what's your plan from here, Uruzidi? You have successfully teleported yourself over to the other side. You're standing nearby the wagon. I assume I like left one end of the rope with Kimmon. Actually, I'm not sure that teleporting would work like that. Yeah, you could just toss it once you get over to the... Yeah, I'm just going to... I'll just have to toss it back over. Yeah, that seems trivial. I mean, you're able to do so. Is there anything obvious that I can anchor this to over here? There's a wagon. Other than that, the, the bridge itself is smooth. Didn't you say the wagon was like precariously hanging off the edge? Yeah, but you could tie the rope on there. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> That's just the only obvious thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's made of like just a smooth metal. Yeah, I think just like with my own body weight, I'm going to anchor this because I don't really have anything that I could use. You just plant your feet? Yeah. Milo, you're holding it on the other side or are you crossing over? Send it Navarth first. I'm not sure I'm strong enough to hold the other two of you. Navath hesitates. It's all right, kid. We got you. Urzidi rolls his eyes. I won't drop you. They reach out a bony hand and grab it and loop their legs up over on the other side and make their way over. They are pretty light for what it's worth. Yeah. On the other side, Navath is going to then reach over and grab the rope with you, Urzidi. Cool. All right, I'm going. Go ahead. Does a raccoon, like, jump out of your pack and run across on his own? I was literally going to be like, come on, chubs. And <laughs> I make him get out of my pack. Yeah, absolutely. The raccoon definitely just, like, runs on the top of the rope. Like, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. It's magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't even it's a fake creature. And I'll then take the rope and give it a tug and then start shimmying across. You will also be able to make your way across. I'm not going to have you roll. Fantastic. So this is the first time one of you has crossed this way. You know, it takes a little bit as you make your way over. Maybe it's the way that the wind is moving through this canyon down to the river that's frothing down below you because it's a fast-paced river right over the stones. There's like an echo coming from deep in the canyon and it, it sounds like droning music, like a couple notes overlaid on top of each other. I mean, I'm into that. Emilio's interested in that personally, but I'm probably not going to stop mid-climb. You know, it has those layers and occasionally a note will almost seem to change and it echoes like reverb as these layers wash over each other. Yeah, as I get to the other side, can I try and figure out what the source of it? It's on the wind, like where it's coming from? Maybe. I mean, it sounds like it's echoing up from the bottom of the canyon. Mm. I can just tell you that. Standing on the bridge, it's like a little duller. You have to crane your attention to really notice it. It was when you were out in the open that you could really hear it very well. Did it sound like an instrument that I'm familiar with? I'm just going to say no. Weird. As you pause on the other side, Kimmon ties the rope around his waist and stands like kind of sweating on the lip of the ledge. Don't sweat too much. It'll loosen your grip. You might fall. He smiles, but it's an uneasy smile as he like kind of shakes at his leg. And I'm going to jump across. Excellent. Doing like a running jump? Yeah. Give me the fighting angel plus strength. It's a seven. You don't quite make it. You might have a chance to recover real quick. I think you're going to hit the side of the ledge. You're still holding onto the rope, but you didn't make it all the way. It was quite a distance. Yeah. You hear this echoing musical droning, you know, this shifting chord very well as the wind feels like it's trying to drag you back down into the canyon. What do you do? Help me up. Help me up. Here, take my hand. Emilio, give me the fight danger plus con, maybe to keep your footing. Uh, 10. 
You have no problem. Although it looks like the bridge should be, you know, slippery almost. It's not, or at least this part of it isn't. You're able to easily lift Kimmin up out from the canyon, and you've all made it across this gap. You all right, Kimmin? He's shaking a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I should have gone last. I thought you weren't supposed to be taking as many risks. And I reach out my hand to help you to your feet. He doesn't say anything to that. If you want to take the lead, or Aziti, I think you have carte blanche to do so. I want to look in this wagon. The hitching side is completely off the edge of the gap, so whatever was carrying this wagon or pulling this wagon are long gone, right? There is, up on the front edge, probably right over the ledge, there's a very large chest, and there's nothing else on the wagon. It appears that it was designed to haul whatever this is, or everything else was already carried out. But it's quite old. The chest looks like it was beautifully carved and designed at one point, but it's long weathered and rotting in some places. It would have been a work of art. Is there any obvious locks or anything? No. Man, I wish the narrative were in a different place. It'd be a good time to hit my flag, but... Oh, yeah, I feel like you were, you're not going out over that again. You can still hit a flag and rebuke it. Oh, good point. Hmm. In fact, the cost to my spirit part is uh, pretty on here. Kimmin, come here. Uh, um, what? What? <clears throat> that chest. What do you think is in there? It looks auspicious. His eyes light up for a second. Only the gods know. They travel on a golden bridge. His face darkens. But we can't. Leave, leave it. Leave it. <clears throat> Why? You're a thief, aren't you? Surely you have the requisite talents for getting into and out of chess? I can't. I can't. I can't. No. How precarious does this cart look? Precarious enough you're going to have to roll for it. We'll put it that way. Gotcha. <laughs> it's not like right about to fall off the ledge. It's not like teetering. Gotcha. But it's not safe either. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, fine, you coward. I gingerly get up into this cart. I think as you're gingerly like testing your weight inside of this wagon, I'm just a few feet away and I'm whispering to the raccoon, you know, you, you probably could have gone in there and done that. It just like shakes its head at you. Listen, I told you, you got to start pulling your weight around here a little bit. I just grab him by, like, the side haunch and, like, jiggle his fat a little bit. <laughs> you make your way forward, and the wagon creaks and lurches a little bit as you step forward. But I assume you're proceeding, otherwise... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and give me a Defy Danger plus Dexterity, then. That is an 11. Ooh. Yeah, you're able to make your way over to the chest. Like I said, it's carved, but well rotted at this point. Can I open it? It doesn't have like a hatch door. It looks like a sealed box, basically. But it's rotted, you said? Yeah. I'm going to pull out my knife. Is it planks of wood? Yeah. Yeah. Can I pry apart the planks in the top? And not like opening the box... But making the box open. Right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> yeah it might take uh, just a little bit of time to do so, but you're, you're able to cut away chunks of it with your knife pretty easily. Can I see inside? Yeah. It's glittering. It looks like coins, maybe some gems. Yeah, Urzidi pulls his backpack off, or like his pack, his satchel, and opens it up. Can I get into there now, or can I just see in there? You could probably work a hand in there. If you keep working at it, you could pry it open more. Either way. 
Yeah, I think Urizidi gets it to where he can like comfortably get a hand in there, and then I'm just gonna try to start scooping out gold and gems. Give me a fight injury to see like how quickly maybe you're doing this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so give me another defy danger plus dex. That is a nine. So you're just scooping, right? Yeah. Cool. You begin and you pull out a few handfuls of these relatively large coins. They're not gold. They're like a strange silver that gleams. The, the light reflects off of it kind of strangely. Are they electrum? Yeah, sure. They're the fantasy equivalent of Electrum. You know, they're just not regular coins is my point. Yeah, yeah, And every once in a while, there's like a diamond amongst it too, right? But then you feel the wagon start to creak and it kind of crunches a little bit and begins to slide. What do you do? You might have a couple seconds. You can probably grab some more. Yeah, it's time to skedaddle. I'm not I'm not grabbing more. Urizidi is an idiot, but no fool. So get while the getting's good. He probably just managed to scoop out enough money to feed a small village for a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make you roll then, right? Since you've decided not to risk it for more. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, you are going to crash back onto the bridge as the wagon careens off the side and crashes into the river below it. The wagon slides over the edge as Urizidi lands and he turns around, oh shit, and reaches out a hand and Talon like zips up over the lip of the <laughs> bridge. <laughs> yeah, and the wagon careens down and collides with the river, begins to sink in it and looking over the edge and looking at it, it seems like the waves of the river are like licking at it like tongues and drying it under. Let's see. You rolled a nine at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, then you would be at... You can write down that you have uh, about 3,000 coin worth of coin. <laughs> the wagon has gone off. Kimmon watches the wagon sink into the river for its entirety. Urzidi settles a hand on your shoulder. Kimmon, look how much I got. Great job. Forcing a smile. Could have been yours. The tone of the scene has gotten across. I'm not sure what I say exactly. You can just have a grumpy face and ignore it. Yeah, it's... that's yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. I'm not trying to undersell you, Ryan. I just he's not in nope. a good mood and I don't know how to Oh, it was definitely Urizidi realizing that and twisting the knife a little bit. Because as was mentioned before, Urizidi is a bitch. Yep. The four of you proceed along the bridge. There's another small gap that you come to that I'm just gonna say you can hop over as you proceed along your way. Then there is another relatively large one. It's about the same size. It would have been basically one column, right? Underneath this bridge fell and pulling the rest of it with. So it's about the same size as the last one that you crossed over. On the other side, you can see a large skeleton. It is collapsed and on the ground with two big black spears sticking up out of it, kind of caught in between its ribs. That is still across the other side from you. What do the four of you do? The three of you that make decisions and your tag along. <sighs> Melio doesn't get to hit me again. I give a, a feigned sad face. Well, what do you propose we do then? Well, is, is this as wide as the other one? Yeah, as in can your rope reach across it? Yeah. How's your lasso skills? Probably okay. Ralbashad descended from a cavalry culture. They're horse folk, so I'm assuming that Urizidi at least knows how to tie a lasso. How good he is at throwing it, I think, is to be determined. But he at least knows how to make one. Well, why don't you try and lasso something over there, Zidi? 
worth a try. Erezidu will tie this rope into a lasso. Could he, like, get it around one of those black iron spikes, or are they huge? They're spear-sized, right? So, yeah. Oh, okay. And a couple of them are stuck in the bridge itself, so it would hold, potentially. So, yeah, that's cool. It's not really quick thinking, but it is thinking. You are thinking that this is a th- a thought type thing? Well, it was like, you know, how how well do you actually tie the knot is the reason. And also just coming up with the idea, but it could just be the dexterity of the throw, but then you would just do it again. So that's also pointless. Did you have a thought, Nathan? Oh, I mean, is this for getting across or just for lassoing it? Because... I don't know, maybe lassoing it is a bit trivial, right? Yeah. That's what I'm leaning towards, is just not having you roll at all. It could potentially affect the outcomes of when you guys are all actually crossing. If you miss, you just haul it back in and try again until you do. So, yeah. It's a cool plan. I'm into you guys doing it this way. You are able to lasso your rope around one of these black spears. Can I uh, interject for half a second? Yep. I would like to create a custom move uh, where Ryan rolls 1d6 to see how many times it takes to get it. I see what you're All saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for just, just how many times, yeah. how many how many times, times it takes to fruitlessly miss. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I figured six was enough to be like, wow, you're really not getting this. I'm yeah. into that. You can just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just roll a d6. One, bitch. One. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Got in one. Yep, okay. That's great. I think you see a smirk on Melio's face just go flat immediately <laughs> as ZD just like whips this lasso over there and hit cinches it in one. <laughs> like I was ready to just make fun of him. Oh, come on. Begrudgingly compliment him. Looks like you uh, know your way around a rope. Yeah, who's proceeding over with this lasso? And then is somebody else on this side holding it? Are you, what's the plan on this side of things? Or ZD hands it to Melio. Go ahead and make your way across then. Yeah, I think it's only fair that Urzidi is the first one to go test his own knot. So Urzidi hooks a leg over the rope and shimmies out over this gap. Uh, Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. A three. You're good. You're able to make it across. While you were heading over, Urzidi, you were able to hear this droning chord for the first time. I'm assuming Urzidi also doesn't like recognize the... No. Yeah. Who's next? Kimmin, go. Kimmin nods. As ZD did, hooks his leg over the rope. Kimmin, yeah, you're making your way across. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Also a three. You're also good. So yes, Kimmin, you're able to make it across. Navath looks over at you, Melio. Go on. They nod and then cross over. Uh, somebody roll a d6 for Navath. Five. Navath is good. Fantastic. Here we go. <laughs> Ready for this one? <laughs> I'll do it with style, though. Emilio, you're going to make your way across? Yeah. So you have the last of the rope that you were holding, right? Are you going to try to jump across? Yes. Okay. In that case, then, I'm going to have you defy danger plus strength for me. That's a seven. You miss more thoroughly, I think, than Kimmen did previously. Where Kimmin, right, hit, like, at least chest high. You miss it completely and swing under with the rope. Mm. It's going to catch taut. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Oh, damn. A three. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's three it times the- in a row, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a lava skull opens from the, <laughs> below you and begins eating you. Kalima. 
No, it also uh, catches and is just fine. You're hanging. I'm not going to make a big deal out of anything else. I think you're able to climb your way up. It's just going to take some time. And of course, your team will probably help pull on this side of the rope too. Yeah. You really hear that drone quite loudly. It reverbs even from the bottom of the bridge, it seems like, echoing right from the bottom of the canyon and then bounces off the bottom of the bridge kind of and hits you that way. But it's it's not quite, you know, it's distant or hmm, distant. Yeah. But you're back. You have your feet back on cold, metallic ground. Hoo-wee. Everybody good? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine, yes. The hell is this thing? What thing? Gestures towards giant skeleton. It is a big skeleton. <laughs> it's not a giant, right? Because um, uh, giants in our world are like 40 feet tall or whatever. I described them as in series one. I don't even remember. <laughs> it's a good nine to 10 feet tall. Humanoid, but has a thicker, wider base and has a head like an aurochs. There are two of these black spears jutting out from between its ribs stuck into the bridge. Can I use the ability that I gained from Bonehenge. I just want to know, like, what is this thing? What shoots these massive arrows? Yeah, go ahead and give me a spell lore. Scene back in time. That's uh, an 11. So you see this vision, right, of now a golden gleaming bridge, pristine, and this minotaur bashing a few warriors with a large metal club. It has a kind of armor. You know, it's very primitive. Just a few hunks of metal attached with leather strips. It has a uh, another, like, tube worn on its back. A long tube of some kind. And then you hear, in your kind of dream state, this loud thwang. And from the far side of the bridge, two of these soldiers are manning a ballista. That shoots into the bridge, smashes into this Minotaur, driving it to the ground. Sick. It was a Minotaur. Humans killed it. I think Urzidi's like walking around this huge skeleton, poking at it with the talons, but we should be careful. If they still have these ballista that they use to kill it, we could be in trouble. Is this the last kind of chunk of the bridge then, JD? Is that my understanding? There's another gap before the last one, but yeah, before like you would reach the other side. What's the general lay of the land on the other side of the bridge? Is it just flat plain? Like, I guess the ridge is probably still to our side there, but... Yeah, the ridge is going to continue on after you're past this canyon that's carved through it. You're still up above the floor of the vulture lens, but if you're looking for more details than that, you can DR. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Cool. Yeah, give me a discern realities then. That's a nine. I'm mostly looking for formations to hide or ways to creep around on the other side, you know, so with respect to terrain, what here is useful or valuable? Yeah, the ridge itself is pretty flat. You know, if you're worried about the other side of the bridge or whatever, there isn't anything to hide behind. The bridge is open, basically, until you reach the other side. No, 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 past the bridge. You're looking for a place for you to hide? No, no, no. So we're we're like, hey, we should look out for this ballista. My idea is that we should probably approach this cathedral, which is on the other side of the bridge, carefully. I know the bridge is flat and there's nothing here. I'm mostly talking about like past the bridge. Yes. There are probably some spaces you can find, some crevices or something. The bridge isn't completely featureless. There isn't anything like specific that I'm thinking of. Okay. Shall we tarry forth? Yeah. All right. We as a group go forward. 
Urizidi, as you turn away from the Minotaur, it begins to haul itself upward, lifting its chest along these bolts, trying to stand back up. While four of you are probably facing away, but you'd be able to hear it, or one of you would notice probably pretty quickly. What in the hell? It's trying to lift itself back up. Zidi, knock its arm out. Yeah, Zidi whirls, not even taking the time to use sword magic. It just is going to try to slash through where its elbow should be to like knock its arm off. You're standing right there, so yeah, go ahead and give me a hack and slash. Uh, that's a 12. A 12? Yeah. Nice. Are you going to put yourself in a spot? No, I'm not. I do enough damage. I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah, it's nine damage. Dang. <laughs> Your glaive smashes into its arm, and it doesn't cut it off or through it, but you see some of the bones fracture and crack. And then it's going to start raising up its big metal club. What do you do? Me, specifically. If you want to, if anybody else wants to jump in, though. So Kimmon obviously is hesitating for a second. I think he was closer to the Minotaur than ZD, but ZD acted quicker. And seeing the Minotaur reach for this club, I'm going to take this showtel that I grabbed earlier on and hold it kind of unsure and so is it? Is it like standing or... I think at this point it's probably up at its feet, yeah. It took a while getting there. Cool. I'm going to go at its knee. We need to bring its base down. Yeah, for sure. Give me a hack and slash. That's a 12. Woo! Yeah. Go ahead and roll your damage then for me. Unless you want to put yourself in a spot. I kind of want to just because it's interesting for Kimmon to like go too hard or not be thinking about his positioning. I like that. It's almost like a berserk rage, right? Yeah, I like that, actually. We're going to do it. I don't think it's a good idea, but that's exactly why I'm doing it. <laughs> this isn't like Kimmon's normal dumb shit. This is actually the opposite, where yeah. he's hesitating and I'm in a bad spot because of it, and I try to overcorrect. There's 11 damage. Fuck. Hell I yeah. Like them apples. How many pluses did I give you for that show, tell? Just plus one. <laughs> I rolled a 10. You're going to destroy this Minotaur, or at least be the thing that brings it down. Go ahead and describe how you do so. So Kimmon grips this with both hands and, and dashes a bit too self-assuredly, or assuring himself, right? And the Shotel just clubbers right through the knee, right? Just destroys it. And as the Minotaur comes down, the club is coming with it. And uh, Kimmon, like, slashes at the wrist of the arm. And so it kind of just disintegrates into two separate pieces. This Minotaur smashes down onto the ground, and its big club kind of goes clattering, and its tube that was hanging off of its back like falls to the ground and with a thump. But then, since you put yourself in a spot, not getting the chance to bask in your glory, there's a sudden, ah! and an arrow is flying very close to you, very loudly. It seems to be screaming. <laughs> what do you do, Kimmon? Oh, no. I'm sorry, the arrow the is arrow screaming. The screaming? That's so funny. As soon as Kimmon hears a scream, he just hits the deck, just straight onto his belly. Yeah, give me a Defy Ninja plus Dex. That's a six. Oh, no. Funk. <laughs> it's a screaming inside of your chest now. You open your mouth, it's like when a dog swallows headphones. <laughs> <laughs> like when a dog swallows headphones. Yeah, you can the, still the hear it inside the dog if you play Where's Gilmer? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Go on, JD. Uh, you're going to take a 1d6 of damage. That's a one. Ah, okay. In that case, do you have armor? I do. All right. So you're not going to take any damage? That is the situation right now. You're leading me to make me think that's not the case. No. So the arrow doesn't actually pierce your skin, and so it just screams until it hits you, and then it stops screaming. Ah! <laughs> Another of these arrows is coming at Melio, because you haven't done anything for a minute. Melio, cool. an arrow is literally screaming at you. What do you do? I would like to roll out of the way. Give me a defight injury plus dex. I like that you're standing, but you still roll, so you just kind of do like a, a like a vertical, like a spin, like a pirouette. Uh, that'll be a 10. Whoa, yeah. all right. Sweet. This one, yeah, just goes screaming past you, and you guys hear it Doppler effect, right? Basically, as it goes past you. <laughs> <laughs> and it careens into the canyon. You can hear it screaming all the way down. There are two skeletons on the far side of this bridge. Are they operating a ballista? Nope. One of them is drawing up their bow. Okay, these were... I was. That was the question I was going to ask. These are arrow-sized arrows, not ballista-sized arrows. Yeah, yeah, these are normal-sized arrows, yep. What the hell's wrong with those arrows? Can I grab this arrow off the bridge? Is there anything f funny looking about this? Does it have googly eyes? It doesn't have googly eyes. There's no, like, <laughs> face or anything. The whole arrow itself is, like, carved. It's clearly magical of some kind. But, yeah, it's a black arrow with a black tip. And, like, it's an arcane spell is crafted into it. It's some kind of enchantment. <laughs> we don't have time to figure out what it is. How far away are these skeletons? They are across the gap. And this next gap is larger than the previous two were. This is like two big sections of the column have come undone. I feel like this is my cue. Because I can get it over there. Plus, if I roll 12 plus, I can fix the bridge, which fucking rocks. <laughs> That'd be fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah, fictionally in the positioning of this, ZD, just as a heads up, I'm going to get out my bow and arrow and start loosing some cover fire. Oh, if you want to do that first as like cover fire. Yeah, I think it just sets up a potential maybe aid or something. Cool. That's definitely what I would be doing because it's way too far for me to do anything proactive besides that. Sure. Okay, man, are you going to do anything? Not yet. I just think the fictions still got me on the bridge. Melio, I think as you're lining up some arrows, Navath is going to come next to you and pulls out this black horn bow, which you notice doesn't have a string, and also begins loosing some arrows onto these skeletons to try and cover. Yeah. And then, yeah, Uruzidi, please describe whatever badass thing you're about to do. For right now, I'm just rushing forward and calling on my sword magic. It is a seven. Woo-hoo-hoo! So, yeah, on your seven, you still get two holds. Yeah, I guess I'm going to use that two hold to force a change of location. And then, so one hold, I can force a change of location. Two hold, I get to choose the location. I'm going to spend those two hold to land on the other side of the bridge. But I think like right behind whichever one was drawing its bow up to shoot at my friends. Cool. Yeah, you're going to be able to teleport yourself over there using your sword magic. One of them is probably still fixated. I mean, it probably does loose another like, ah! But then the other one is going to drop their bow and is going to turn to face you, Uruzidi. I'm attacking him. <laughs> Go ahead and roll a hack and slash <laughs> for me, please. That is a 13. <laughs> Pretty good. And this time, I shall put myself in a spot. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead and roll your damage. 10. Yep, you destroy this first skeleton. Feel free to describe it. It does have like a show tell 
like the other ones. It does. It like swings down to hit Urizidi in the head, and Urizidi punch blocks it with a haft of talon, and that buries the inner curve into its own forehead. Like the rebound. Sick. The old big trouble in Little China. Love it. Yeah. There's another scream. Not from the arrows. Above you. Harpy claws outreached. This harpy is diving at you. I believe I described a screaming arrow heading towards the bridge. Melio, you're the one shooting arrows, so you're probably going to be the one that has to dodge this. Not easy. I uh, roll out of the way. Fantastic. Go ahead and give me another to fight injury plus dex then. 12. Yeah, once again, this arrow dopplers past you and probably slams into the part of the bridge and stops screaming at that point once it's stuck. So I see this harpy coming down at my compatriot and the other skeleton is just shooting arrows at us. It's knocking another arrow, yeah. I think I got to go for that harpy. Fantastic. Yeah, give me a volley. There it is. That's a six. It had to come up at some point. Emilio, do you remember the last wound you took? Because you got hurt during the fight with the dwarf skeletons and the mummy. Oh, yeah. I got fucked up. You can hand wave it a little bit. I'm pretty sure I got shot through and stabbed multiple times where I was at like 2 HP, Mm. actually. So I think I've just got not so old wounds in my chest, like from, I believe, a sword, and I think I took a shot from an arrow, too. Perfect. You draw back your bow, readying this arrow to strike out at the harpy, and you feel those wounds tear and reopen. And obviously, a sharp pain goes across your chest, and your arrow kind of just careens off somewhere. (laughs) Take 1d4 damage. I assume armor doesn't apply. Armor does not apply. All righty. I take one damage. Not bad. So it's not like they're fatal or fully reopened, but the healing seems to have not taken. Yeah. Kimmy, what are you doing? You're going to see this happen. Probably Melio drops to a knee or something, clutching his chest with one of his hands. Kimmon scrambles to his feet and looks at Navoth and Melio. I'm going to grab this shield, which was tied to my back, and I'm going to plant it in front of us. Just keep firing. Don't stop. And uh, yeah, I would like to defend, ideally. Go ahead and roll it. It's a 10. Yeah, so you have three hold to use here, but fictionally it's important. It's just you're defending. Rizidi, then it sounds like you're the one dealing with this harpy right now. The skeleton's still focused on your friends on the bridge, but this harpy is diving at you. You haven't really gotten any support. What do you do? Can I see this harpy diving at me? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's yelling at you also. (laughs) If it's like diving at me, I'm going to wait till the last possible moment and just try to thrust my glaive and meet it, like let it impale itself on my glaive. This might go poorly. Give me a hack and slash. Seven. That makes sense. Go and roll your damage. That's 11 damage. Yep. You're going to kill this RP. (laughs) You spear this harpy through and it just slides down your glaive basically and then retches into your face, blinding you temporarily and filling your nostril with that acrid, disgusting, rotted carcass smell. Smells like roadkill on a hot day. (laughs) Ah! Another arrow is coming at you. Kimmin, you have your shield up. Are you going to make sure you take it? Yeah, we'll spend two holds, so I'll redirect it to me and have its effect or damage. Cool. So, yeah, go ahead and roll a d6. That's a two. Have it. 
It's a one. Okay. You have armor. I do. Plus the shield. Okay. It probably just clangs off the shield. Hell yeah. When it lands still on the ground, not moving, it ceases its screaming. There's no other effect. There's still this skeleton out, but between the two of you, Navat is still loosing arrows as well, and the skeleton's attention is still drawn on you, so it's not attacking your blind companion. Yeah, I think Irizidi's trying to, like, wipe his eye, like, get the shit off of his face. Yeah, through arrows shooting. Zidi! Cut its head off! And you can just hear, like, quiet, like, fucking harpies! <laughs> <laughs> Navoth, keep its attention. Emilio. As Kimmon puts the shield down, I'm still listening arrows. What? Tell me that story again. And I look over my shoulder and I see that you've got the javelin across your shoulder. Oh, of her, of Trisha Lucero. And I put my hand on the wing of your back, and you see some ink start to just spill out from my hand and curl and do some interesting little, like, flirtily type of symbols as it reaches and stretches across and down your arm like a sweet arm tat. Strongest arm in all of Luco. They say she once shattered a man's skull with a single spear throw. And they say her trick was always waiting until they were about to swing and never stop looking them in the eyes. And that's when, like, the tattoo ink was coming down your arm. Two, like, tattoo things zip up on the uh, outsides of your eyes and the ink floods in and colors and highlights your, eye- your eyes. What color are your eyes? Brown. Cool. I was expecting pink, but... Oh, I mean, I think that there's shards of pink. You know, it's starting to affect him. I like it. I like that. Yeah, so it highlights that by coloring in all the whites of your eyes. Oh, yeah, I got a roll, right? Uh, that'll be a 10. Sweet. I choose two um, uh, plus 1d4 damage, which will actually be plus 2d4 because I have vicious cacophony. And... You, you don't have to spin them all at once, do you? No, I guess not. Yeah, just go ahead and roll. You can save it because you you definitely don't have to spend all of them for arcane art at once. I don't think. Yeah, no. But no, yeah. Let's uh, tuck this javelin. That's a ten. Woo! You don't have to choose anything. I don't. Go ahead and roll your damage. Eleven. Ooh, there it is. You destroyed the skeleton. What does it look like? <laughs> it's exactly what Melio described. The javelin, as before, it gains like an absurd amount of velocity, but it just collides with the skeleton's head and it disintegrates, but stays intact miraculously this time, because I didn't spend an ammo. Peace falls over the bridge. At least those of you still standing on the bridge can still hear the droning chord that seems to be echoing from below in the canyon. But otherwise now, the sounds of screaming and harpies yelling and combat have faded away. Hell yeah. Three of you are on one side of this large gap in the bridge. One of you is on the other side. Oh yeah, we have to figure out how to get across this fucker. That we do. Real quick though, so Kimmon's hands are still like shaking, right? And he turns around and as the ink sort of... Does it make its way back to you, Melio? I guess we never yeah, talked so, about this. Does yeah. it Does it like crawl along the ground back into your cloak? Oh, absolutely. That's fun. Oh, like right where your cloak drags on the ground, it slides up it. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Come in, looks at Navath. Are you okay? I'm fine. Good. Good. Forcing a smile and slapping Navath on the shoulder. Thank you. Are, are you all okay? I am better than okay. And I slap Belaskis on the shoulder. 
as the ink recedes back into my cloak. Well done. That's exactly how I remember it. Thanks, but <clears throat> how are we going to get across? Turning and yelling it toward Urizidi, you know, projecting it to everyone. You said this was like twice as wide, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't think your rope will reach. I don't think the rope was going to reach. I don't have any ideas. I'll look around. What do you got, Ryan? Oh, no, mine is a very stupid idea. I was going to say I could huck Talon over and then you could hold on while I call it back to my hand. <laughs> that seems bad. I don't want to set that precedent because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I have thought about that. Surf Talon like a surfboard as you drag me across the lake. Emilio's going to look around. Is there anything going on here besides a giant depth that we probably can't even climb down? Do you want to discern realities? Is that what you... Seems like a bad idea, but I will roll it anyway. Let's do it. Yeah, I rolled a three. (laughs) I discerned a jack shit. (laughs) Somewhere in the darkness, a very dim glow of candlelight flickers. We see a rat-like hand set down a fine piece of craftsmanship. Rizidi, do you remember the talisman that you carried with you? Yes. It was like a brooch, right? That was in the shape of an eagle's talon. No, it was the one that hanging from your belt. That was an eagle's talon. Dipped in something, right? Like amber or something. Amber. Yeah. We see that placed in front of an effigy stitched together from what looks like the first skin of rats that's all what's this effigy of something obscure it looks like a stuffed rat basically okay cool. but it's stitched out of other rats right cut back to me i don't see shit yeah you're kicking around i mean there's this minotaur with a club that's too big for you to pick up probably there's a tube what's the deal with this tube it's a tube it's a tube strapped to its back. Is it full of anything? No, it's hollow. Oh, it's just a hollow tube? Uh, yep. You can look all the way through it. If you, like, look in it. Uh-huh. Writing on it? It just has, like, specific shapes carved into it. Kind of looks like grooves or, like, rifling. Wait a minute. I'm uh, holding this tube near the edge of the 20-foot thing. Maybe a little bit of the wind gets in there. Hmm. Does it uh, make a little noise? Yeah, it does. That catches my attention. I'm like, wait a minute. This noise sounds kind of familiar, maybe. I put the tube to my lips. I would like to try and play this tube. Yeah, you're able to blow into it. And as you do so, it creates a reverberating multi-note chord. It has a slightly chilling effect. You know, it's like a sad chord. You know, it creates that effect in you. It's somber. Yeah. Can I make it match up with the ambient noise that I hear? Like, is there a way to tune this hmm. thing? It's not tuning, but as you play differently in it, I think, yeah, yeah, you can change the notes. You could make it match, but of course the drone in the background is ever-changing. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, keep up with it. Yeah, yeah, you can. It doesn't do anything. It echoes oh. maybe more loudly in the canyon, it seems like. You find if you play it for a little while, you get pretty winded. It just takes effort to play, you know? All right, well, this tube's kind of neat. I'm going to strap it on my back. Cool. Yeah, you do that. You can write down bone didgeridoo. Seriously, though, I have no idea how to get, get across this gap. Me neither. I played this didgeridoo for a while. <laughs> it didn't do shit. How the hell are we getting across this gap? So I do have an idea. We use the minotaur bones and cut up the rope to tie all the minotaur bones together to make a really long rope. Yeah? I mean, we can try it. 
Not to speak for JD, but I don't think the interesting part is you throwing the rope. Yeah, I mean, this is something for you guys to figure out on a meta level. I'm not really worried about, like, in character work or whatever. I don't have a puzzle solution for this. Yeah. Basically, my point is, if we all agree that it is a reasonable plan, then you can proceed with it. Yeah, let's break apart these minotaur bones and bind them, create a longer rope. That sounds good. I think it'll just destroy your rope. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, now I'll have a bone rope. Yeah, again, I don't want to speak for JD, but I'm not sure that's something you can really carry around. No, I know. (laughs) Okay. All right, we would like to fashion a bone rope. Cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is going to take a while. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything preventing you all from cutting your rope apart and tying at least the biggest bones you can get together to try and make it longer. At some point, while you guys are working, Navath is going to approach Melio and hands you two of these black arrows from earlier. These won't work with my bow. I have no use for them. You might as well have them. I think they'll still fly straight. I take them out and inspect them, noticing that they're of good make. I'll admit that I don't love using things that might be tampered with, but we need as much as we can get here. And I stuff them in my quiver. So you also have one ammo of screamer arrows. Cool. You did good out there. Kept your head on your shoulders. Keep doing your thing. And if you listen to me, we should be all right. Uh, Thanks. Uruzidi, while they are fashioning this bone ladder at this point that it is, what are you doing? You're chilling on this side. He's looking for the red knight, the blood cataphract. Sure. Just looking around? Well, yeah, I think. How is he following us? Or me, I suppose. I'm not going to have you DR for this. Once you spend some time looking, you can pretty much always find the blood cataphract, I feel like. You may not always notice right away, but if you're paying attention and spending the time to specifically look for it, eventually you spot it. It's standing on the first piece of broken bridge, so past the first gap where the wagon was. It stands there silently, looking past your companions and at you. So what I think Urizidi is doing is he pulls out a scrap of parchment or papyrus that he has in the bottom of his bag, you know, like a chunk of graphite, and starts writing like a short message to the cataphract, essentially outlining what the plan is, you know, like this is what we're looking for, because I don't think I've had any communication with this person, saying like, I might be in a way over my head. (laughs) You're trying to convince the cataphract to help you? Yeah, or at least to like be aware, like, hey, I'm not going to stop, but... And then if I can find like a a rock or like a thing to pin this note under, I'm just going to leave it there for the blood cataphract. Cool. So how is... This thing is like, it has some of your blood and uses that to track you, right? Isn't it's that its my thing? father's blood. The Shah gives his blood to his, like his chosen warriors and like gotcha. makes them part of himself. I see. I was going to suggest that you signed it with some blood. No, I dig that. I think Urzidi gets out this ritual knife that he took from the the mummy and pricks a finger and like presses a fingerprint into the parchment. Cool. With those two scenes, I think, of everybody working on their tasks, eventually you have this bone rope completed. So it's long enough that you could make your way across the gap. You still have to get the other half over to that side, and now it's much heavier than it was. There's no throwing this rope at this point, or at least not in the same way. Can you shoot it over? Seems like something potentially reasonable. What do you guys think? I think it's possible. I'm down to coast it on over there. Give me a Defy Ninja plus strength. 
Cool. You probably have to like tighten your bow up in order to do this, maybe. Like make the draw weight yeah. stronger in order to actually heave this across. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that'll be an 11. Yeah, it thwangs across. Takes some effort. Maybe it's even like you have to lie down, right? And like use your feet to hold the end of the bow and pull back with both hands to get it to go across. Yeah, totally. That's fun. It thunks down to the ground and Uruzidi, you're able to catch it. People can start making their way across. I'll go first. I'm the lightest in case it doesn't hold. Yeah, go on ahead. Navath climbs over, goes across. Who's next? You okay, Kimmon? Kimmon's better than before. You know, visually speaking, he seems better. I'm going to respond the same no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. You just seem a little shook up. I was, but I, I'm, I'm better. <clears throat> you want me to go last? No, go ahead. I'll bring up the rear. All right. Kimmon, you begin to crawl along on this bone rope. Give me a Defy Danger plus Dex. Let's see how lightly you're able to make it. That's a seven. There's a certain point where an arm bone of this Minotaur underneath your grip cracks. And for a second, you know, your stomach like lurches out from under you, right? But it holds. You have to go slowly, but you're able to make your way across. Only one of you left. I would like to make my way across this situation, but I have no anchor. So it seems like I'm going to have to Tarzan my way. Yeah, I mean, ZD and I hold the other end. Yeah, yeah. You or guys all have... three of us, more likely. Yeah. Kim, do you say anything to Melio? Like, warning him or anything? Ah, oh, fuck him. <laughs> well, what's he going to do even if he knows? That's kind of... That was my question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, I mean, that would be that would be Kimmon's philosophy, right? Was all it's going to do is worry mm. him. Make him a less sure-footed. We can't leave him over there, and we don't have another plan. No, I don't say anything. Sick. So you're just jumping and letting it swing, yeah? Like always. This is holding on, probably, more than anything else. Give me a Defy Danger plus Con. Cool. Eight. I think you just swing hard into the pillar that's yeah. holding up the next part of the bridge, right? The oh, bridge. like the rope's so much longer now and you don't really account for it and you just smack into the... Yeah, it's just, well, it's just the momentum, right, that carries yeah. him along. And he smashes into it. Can I make a suggestion? Oh, yeah, sure. Breaks his toes? He still doesn't have any shoes. He doesn't have any shoes, you're right. Oh, man, yeah, you break oh, your toes God. on one foot trying to stop yourself. And, like, you can walk and shit, but, like, it hurts. you know, for, like, fine movement and stuff, you're going you're gonna to be inhibited. Yeah. I'm not going to make you roll in damage in that case. Yeah. But you probably won't be able to do things that require that kind of nimble movement. And even fighting it might be an issue. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I crack into the side of this thing. My left foot slams into it. My unprotected feet, because I have these, like, clogs, basically just busts open the front my toenails like Ugh. break off and break a bunch of toes just a bloody mess fuck you're going to be making your way back up with your friend's help and everything all four of you have made it across the gaps of the bridge are you all going to proceed along away from here and move on i think that's the case yeah cool who is leading the way Urzidi. Like, you, you two are either psychologically fucked up or a little more immediately physically fucked up. Yeah, I'm limping. All right, yeah, fair. What were you going to say, Nathan? I had discerned realities for a, like, safer path. 
Is it discern realities or spot lore on that? For surveying, yes, but I don't think you guys are surveying the vulture lens right now. The point is he'd be able to take the plus one just because of the discern realities. Or well, and more specifically, like I had viewed like a more discreet path for us forward. Right. CD. What? This way. Follow me. It's um subtle, but there's a bit of a dip here. We might not be spotted so easily. I think Urizidi recognizes the wisdom in letting him take the lead. Well, in that case, come in. Go ahead and lead the way. This one, um, so touring the Vulture Lands, you're traveling to a point that you know of, which is to say this um, Death Cult church. Given that you're basing it off of your Discern Realities roll, I think uh, I'll have you roll it plus wisdom. Okay. And then you also get the plus one because you're acting on that DR, I think. Sweet. That's a 12. Damn. Choose three of these. You find something useful or valuable on the way. You are aware of any potential active danger when you arrive. You do not encounter any ill effects while traveling. You don't draw unwanted attention while traveling. Definitely don't draw unwanted attention. That was kind of the whole point. I think we're just not going to find anything useful or valuable. The idea here from the get-go was that we're taking the safe route. So we'll choose, you are aware of any potential active danger when you arrive, you do not encounter any ill effects, and you don't draw unwanted attention. Excellent. So the party makes their way along the ridge, sneaking up in along that edge where the mountains meet it. There's some more crevices and rocks that you can hide behind there. The earth is not so flattened, right? And you see ahead of you then a black stone castle or fortress. Big black stones creating a blocky building. There are no windows. It doesn't appear to be even like an outlook. Looking closer, there's just a lantern hanging above the doorway that's burning. Not a large fire, but a lot of smoke billowing off of it. In front of this spot, there are two figures wearing black armor engaged in a fight with some gaunt pale, long-limbed creatures. You can hear the sounds of combat. It's the two of them fighting a group of five or six of these creatures. They shamble and lope along on all fours, hop up and attack. They don't have any weapons on them. You would recognize them. You've encountered them before, making camp, I think, outside of the tower. In this part of the mountains, it is now completely silent. Unlike the howling wind going down the canyon that seemed to echo strangely, even the wind here is dead. And there's just this black structure standing stark against the cold mountains behind it. I think we're in there. We've all done worse. Apparently, I can't talk tonight, so great. Yeah. Your Arby's drunk, dude. I'm already. Fuck. <laughs> too much of that horsey sauce. In my mouth. <laughs>
<laughs> I got the beef milkshake. Um, <laughs> no, just God damn it. What? Like, oh, yep. Sugar, 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 sugar water. roast beef in water. <laughs> <laughs> roast beef in water. More. <laughs> just shoving Arby's meat in a glass of water. What size? What size combo would you like? The double, the the triple, or the big size? More. <laughs> All right, we'll go with the big. <laughs> More. <laughs> How many packets of hot horsey sauce do you need, sir? More. <laughs> um, just imagine a glass, like a fucking like tumbler, they <laughs> full of water. They're just putting slices of roast beef into it. You're just like more, more. <laughs> sir, this is this is well beyond my my pay grade and my 16 year old conscience to understand. <laughs> sir, is this a sex thing? <laughs> more. No, it's a sex thing. <laughs> I don't have to ask. How could it not be? <laughs> I walked through an Arby's drive-thru to get roast beef and water. Of course it's a sex thing. I'm sorry that you're underage. <laughs> You'll understand when you're older. <laughs> I'm not sure that I will. No, you, you'll understand the slapping of good beef. <laughs> Oh, nice. As, as you drink, as you drink your water and roast beef, <laughs> it's the beefy aftertaste that really keeps the bug in me alive. It's the beefiest. <laughs> uh, they said cold you bra. had the meat. <laughs> what? We made cold okay. bra. I don't know about that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back on track. No, like I just, passed just opening up your oh. Campbell soup and taking a sip. It's just nice and cold. <laughs> <laughs> Have you all the fucking congealed fat on top? <laughs> it takes it takes a lot to to gross me out, Matt. You did it. You did it. You know pickle. I've... Yeah. You know pickle eats cold like ravioli, like all the spaghettios nope. and everything straight from the can. Uh I've I've done that. That's a gross. Just no, that's taking that. taking your Campbells out of the fridge like a beer, cracking it open. <laughs> <laughs> cracking open. Oh, I want to write that down for some fucking surrealist game I play later. <laughs> cracking open a cold one. <laughs> soup. Just, just stone the cold. Noodles, from stone the cold. Pouring <laughs> soup over himself. I had a long day today. Stop hassling me. <laughs> Time for a shower soup. <laughs> shower soups don't count, you know? I gotta feel clean and dirty at the same time. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Come back out, they're fucking covered in like little like little Campbell's noodles. It's not just around for the when horn from thinking man. it's disgusting to finding it very funny. <laughs> Porcano los dos. <laughs> Uh, all right. Are we ready to get back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, yep. I'm out of jokes now. <laughs> okay, good. Ah! And an arrow is flying very close to you, and very loudly. It seems to be screaming. <laughs> what do you do, Kevin? I'm sorry, the arrow the is arrow screaming. screaming? That's so funny. I thought for a second, I was like, uh, oh no, he's actually. Oh god! 
As soon... <laughs> I'm going to assume that it's Navath shooting an arrow, but I hope that it's actually an arrow, like a face on an arrow, just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, the singing sword of arrows. It's, it's a fucking, like, Disney arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Funk. <laughs> it's a screaming inside of your chest now. You open your mouth, it's like when a dog swallows headphones. <laughs> <laughs> like when a dog swallows headphones. Yeah, you can still hear it comedy. inside the dog if you play Where's Gilmer? <laughs> yeah. Thought we maybe had hitched our wagon to another NPC. <laughs> Hi, it's me, the Screaming Arrow. Ah! <laughs> no. Uh, I'm cousins with that sword you met in season six or whatever. That'd be a stupid idea. There's no way. I would never... Uh, they don't like my arrow NPC. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like the idea of porn. I just think it's it's silly. I just uh, want to know what song it sings when we do the musical number here in a minute. Why are my players so mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the Muppets reenactment of this this campaign. It'd actually be funnier if it's a it, it's an arrow that roasts you the whole time. Oh, he missed his hack and slash. Oh. <laughs> you get a second arrow and it's the other dude that's always up in the balcony. So they're in the ranger's pack. They're like, oh, you made him quiver. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that's legitimately really good. It's the it's the bullets from uh, Who Framed Roger oh, Rabbit. You're right, actually, it is. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of a second arrow, ah! <laughs> I don't I don't know how serious you want these arrows yeah, to be, but it's a little not. funny every time. <laughs> I think it's also your choice of scream, right? You could have just described it, but instead you gave us you yeah. gave us the fully work. It doesn't sound like a war cry. It's, it sounds like some guy who's being like on the wheel of torture. Like, I was thinking it was like, uh, oh, you woke up late for your test. Like, <laughs> ah, fuck, ah, fuck. <laughs> Kevin! You don't know what that enchantment does, bro. <laughs> they forget. You're back in school. <laughs> no! <laughs> Shit. And you don't have and any pants your underpants. On. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there anything else? I don't have anything else I want to add, really. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go grab another cold Campbell's out of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs>